Well, we have a word for you tonight, and I believe it is a word from the Lord, as we do every time we come together. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Okay, yes. they're ready. You ready? Yes. Okay, you got your Bibles? Yes. Let's say it. The Word of God. The Word of God. Is truth. Is truth. If I live the Word. If I live the Word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. If I don't. If I don't. I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that Tell simple. Tell your neighbor, you look like you can get it. It's just <laughs> that, that simple. simple. Praise God. You know, in praying about this message uh, today, I I really needed it as the Lord. Have you ever done a message before? And as you're doing it, it's like, wow, this is really for me. How many every <laughs> once in a while go through some things and you react a little bit different than what you know you should? And you're really glad that none of us are around when you do. And uh, and, and that was kind of, you know, my life story just a few days ago when, when I was I was actually getting ready to get in the shower. And my wife was giving me some reports that just didn't line up with my thought process. And uh, it was just going against the grain and one after another after another. And pretty soon I had just really had it with everything and begin to explain how much I had had it, let some things fly that I wish I hadn't let fly and went into the shower. But the last thing I did before I went into the shower was I took off my bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? <laughs> I felt like such a hypocrite as I was scrubbing the dirt off of myself. <laughs> felt like the soap should probably go in my mouth, of all places. But, uh, but you know, it, it has really helped me to wear this bracelet many times. And I don't think you have to wear a bracelet to remind yourself that you are supposed to be like Christ was on this earth. But it doesn't hurt anything. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about who are you imitating how is your, turn to your neighbor and just say, who are you imitating? I, I told Pam, and it's going to go up on the internet who you are in, imitating, but I told her, I said, I had a little subtitle. Uh, uh, who are you imitating or who are you agitating? <laughs> yeah. it, could, uh, it could go uh, south really quickly, couldn't it? Yeah. But I, but I asked your forgiveness that night. Oh, that's okay. And I, I asked understand God's sometimes. forgiveness, yeah. and, uh, but it was an interesting night. And then finally I came to my senses, and I settled down, and I realized that God had not left his throne, that he was still there, <laughs> and that he still wanted to use me in spite of myself. Amen. You know, there's a scripture that says when Jesus found all the money changers in the temple, he started kicking the tables over, and, and he didn't apologize afterward either. He threw them all out. But uh, there's, a, there's a fine line between righteous indignation and rage, and and we all have to find that place where... Our righteous indignation is at what the enemy is trying to do, first of all, not people. And because the Bible says that our fight is not with people, but with powers and principalities. But also, you know, that we make that choice at that moment to do what Jesus would have us do, because he always has an answer for what we should do. The Lord always knows the best solution for everything. And sometimes it isn't even what we want to do. But I've found in my life, when I do what I, f I feel in my spirit God would have me do, he always gives me the grace to do it, even if I don't want to. He makes me able to do it. I'm going to give you a quick overview of the message. Dr. Snugs, I see you back there. Dr. She's Snuggs. leaving. you got to pray for her. She's going to Columbia. Sorry to interrupt. You're not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm really but not. Because I did just, just take the word right out of oh, my mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but that's what I was going to say. 
I didn't know if you knew. <laughs> now you do, and so does everybody else. <laughs> Stretch your hands out there toward Dr. Snuggs. You're going to be yes. down there until the end of June? Father, yes. we thank you for thank Thelma. You, we thank you for all of the wonderful things that she does on the campus of Purdue University. We thank you that her steps are ordered of you. We thank you for this trip to Cartagena that's going to produce everything that you desire for it to do. Thank you for the wisdom and the leading of your spirit and the thoughts and the visions and yes, the plans that you, you have planted in Thelma and that she will fulfill every single one of them. And that even though she may not know how they're going to come to pass, they are going to come to pass because yes. you've placed them within her spirit. And we thank you for that. We thank you that every Everywhere that she goes, there will be safety, safety of travel, and that yes. she will touch lives for Jesus. And we praise you for that in his precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You took the words right out of my mouth, Sorry. sweetheart. Glory to God. That's all right. Well, no sometimes problem. we don't both have the same information. Is it that your way at your house? And then after everybody's gone home, he'll say, you should have told me that. And so I was just being real helpful. <laughs> yeah, I but thought. who's better at finishing sentences and quicker on the draw, me or you? Me? Yeah. Because I don't think as fast as you do. That's right. I, that's really true. I'm sorry for and you. I have absolutely no <laughs> desire to think that fast. I, yeah, I see those shaking heads. Yeah, it's like God made us this way. I know really. he did. It's, We're it, help, we help each other. That's why our first words usually are, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but really, I'm going to paraphrase everything for you really quickly on this message tonight, and then we're going to show you scripturally. You are called to do many different and varied things. We are not all called to do the same thing. But whatever you're called to do, God is going to equip you for what you are called to do and your purpose on this earth. But the one thing we all share in common, you and I, the minute we receive Jesus, our Lord and Savior, are supposed to imitate him in everything that we do. People should see Jesus in us. And that when we yield to that calling that we all share on our life, then we begin to live our life based on what would Jesus do what would how Jesus would respond to situations and years ago some of you've heard the story I read a book called in his steps and we were going to use it for a VBI class and I was so excited about it it was about a church that decided that all of the people were going to commit that would to act like Jesus for one year and they were going to ask themselves this question what would Jesus do in every situation they were not going to respond the way they thought they were going to ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit what would Jesus do I was so excited about that book then somebody told me, Are you, do you know that book was a book of fiction? And I said, no. So yeah, it's fiction. The guy wrote it based on what the church could do, not what the church was doing. I really was so disappointed and let down. But when I prayed about it, I felt like the Lord said, it doesn't have to be fiction. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've got a call. You have a call. And that call, whether you answer it or not, is going to be with you the rest of your life to be like Jesus. Romans 8.29 said that he's the firstborn among many brethren and that we, are yeah. that we are to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's Romans 8.29. Yes. Now, what we're going to talk about tonight, honey, is how G everything Jesus did, he did based on what he saw the Father do and what the Father said. We have that same assignment. And sometimes uh, my husband will say to me, I, I don't hear as quickly as you do what it is that the Lord wants to say. Well, sometimes I'm talking before I've heard. Is there anybody in here who's done that? And uh, it, we can even have good things to say. But there's something about what God wants to say that just absolutely will break through every barrier that the enemy has put up. And in counseling, uh, I've found this in, through the years. If I listen 
to what people are telling me, but at the same time as they're talking to me, I'm listening to what God wants to say about it. He will tell me to say something that maybe doesn't sound like the answer to what they're saying, but it absolutely breaks them in, in that their heart opens up. Everybody say their heart opens up and that the Lord gets that place in there where he can fix what's really wrong. How many of you know that you can talk a long time and never really tell the problem? And sometimes we talk so long, we don't even know the problem because we've said so much. We don't even remember what the real problem was. And, but, but God knows where the, where the real place is that needs to be, uh, where the healing oil, the healing balm of Jesus needs to be applied. And once it's applied there, all those other things that were listed, will just, they'll all be taken care of. But it's only when we think what God would say, not necessarily what we would say, because we all have maybe great opinions. Maybe we even know the word enough we can give people the word. But is it the word? Is it the word the Father wants to speak at that moment? If you look at Jesus and look at his life in the Gospels, he said, he said it in John many times, I only do what my Father says to do. And, And I only say what my Father says I am to say. But how many times were people healed? How many times were people delivered? He didn't apply the same words every time, but he did have success every time in everything that he did. So I think that if we do that, we'll see the same kind of success in helping people be all they're called to be. That's a good word, honey. Now, the first scripture that we shared was Romans eight twenty nine. I did that very quickly, but that you and I are to be conformed to the image of Christ. So just just say this right now. I am called. I am called to be conformed to be conformed to the image of Christ. To the image of Christ. Now that means that we have to study what that would be, how Jesus would be, and then allow the Holy Spirit in us when we're born again to show us how to respond and how to act. Does that make sense all, to all of you? Because otherwise, you will act the same way after you got saved as before you got saved. You'll do the same silly things because you don't have a revelation or you haven't begun to imitate who you should be imitating, which ultimately is your Father God. And that's the same message that Jesus had to share. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, the Apostle Paul said it a little bit different way. But he said, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. So when you imitate something, you determine what it's like, and then you start to act. Everybody say act. Act. The book of Acts is all about acting and how the people acted during that period of time. You begin then to act contrary many times to the way you feel. Does that make sense? Am I making sense to all of you? Uh, Well, I feel like this. That's fine. That's how you used to feel. That's your carnal flesh. That's your natural man. But do you want to act like Jesus would act? Well, then you have to imitate him in everything. And when we do this, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But I, I guarantee you, it will not be easy on your flesh. It will not be easy on your unrenewed mind, but it will be easy in the realm of the Spirit to say, oh, this is what Jesus would do. He would forgive. Uh, He would not take an offense. He would not act like this. He would not be doing what I feel like doing. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you now. (laughs) In other words, we're not going to do what we feel like doing because we're going to act. Everybody say act. Act. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be an actor. 
You may not feel like it, but you can act any way you want. Right, Claire? You can act up at a moment's notice, or you can act like Jesus. And see, that's our calling. For we, we're going to do something that we don't feel like doing, but we're going to do it because we know it's the right thing to do. It says in Second Corinthians three eighteen, it says, But we all, with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So because we have the freedom to go into the presence of God, we can be transformed into that image. And that means it's, it's a process. You know, we're all going to change overnight and do the right thing every single time. And, and even though we may want to, because even Paul said, my flesh sometimes does what I don't want it to do. Even though, you know, I, I do it, I don't really want to do it, but my flesh just does it. Well, that means that that image hasn't really been created on the inside of us. But it, if you read, uh, it's in 1 John 2, 6. It says, he who says he abides in him, in Christ, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And that means our everyday life needs to be just an example of who he was and how he walked in the earth. That was First John 2, 6 that she gave you. That's a powerful scripture. Let's say it. I'm supposed to walk like he walked. I'm supposed to walk like he walked. When uh, the next scripture we're going to look at is John chapter 5. Uh, when, when, we, when I was recently saved back in, in the very beginning, uh, and then Pam and I met and we married and we went to Oral Roberts University to a seminar for a conference, and uh, I, I didn't know much, but I just knew that everything was different. And I would read the red and read about Jesus, and I would think that just seems so good to be true if people could really be like that. And I read how he healed people, and so we were out there for a conference, and we were staying uh, on in the, in the dormitories where we were actually staying. And I'm in the hallway, and I'm just all the things of God are new to me. And there's a little boy in a wheelchair, and he's just sitting there. And my heart just went out to this little boy. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just praying. I don't even know how I'm praying because I don't even really know how to pray. But I'm just praying that God would heal that little boy. And God, if you could just heal that little boy. And about three or four seconds later, this little boy jumped out of that wheelchair and took off running down the hallway. He had been playing in this wheelchair. <laughs> I was so startled. I thought when he jumped out of that wheelchair and took off running, I thought this is going to be easy. <laughs> And I looked at him, and I started to laugh, and I realized what it was. But one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life is to truly try to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, tell him, make that same confession. You, you, you may not understand it totally, but you should want to be like Jesus because you will attract people to him. It, it's the anointing of God that he wants to be on your life. But one of the hardest things to do is to deal with your flesh. Let me see the hands of all the people you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, Well, excuse me, I'm, I'm about to tell you that, and then I'm going to ask for your hands. <laughs> but you're very obedient. You know the situation. You know what Jesus would do. You know what you should do, and you're just getting ready to do the exact opposite. Now can I see your hands? That's where, that's the world we live in, where I know I should forgive, but I just need to give them a piece of my mind. Well, the problem is some people have given away too many pieces. They got some real problems with lack of mind. But what happens is when we learn from Jesus, in John chapter 5, verse 19, and John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said what Pam said earlier, that he only did 
what he saw the Father do. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other legal people, they were coming against him because he healed someone at the pool of Bethesda on Sunday. And they were upset because that was a day that you shouldn't do anything. But basically, he was just saying, look, I see what my Father does, so that's what I do. And then in verse number 30, it says, I can do nothing of myself. I only do what the Father wills that I do. He was the Son of God, and he was in direct communication with God continually. So he came to bring forth God's will on this earth. Now he's gone, and he sent you and I the power of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, the anointing that was upon Jesus is upon every single believer to walk like, talk like, and to act like Jesus. It's in the Word. It's in the Spirit, and we have the ability to do it. But don't you yourself sometimes have to struggle just a little bit? I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. With, with really responding the way Jesus would? Yes, yeah, sometimes you just have to give yourself a time out. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know how we give children a time out? That's what I did at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I went to the couch. I, you went to the couch. I saw that. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he comes running to the back and says, it's 530. I said, yep, and I'm leaving. I hope you're ready. <laughs> he laid there just a little longer, but he's really in good shape. So hallelujah, that's what we all need. But everybody say a timeout. You know, um, I believe it's necessary for us to put ourselves in timeout when we don't uh, want to do what we know in our heart God wants us to do. And, and I don't think that it gives us... Um, nearly the opportunity for the enemy to attack us if we purposely put ourselves in timeout that it would if we just explode you know really and truly if we understand the power of our words the opportunity we give the devil when we fly off like into situations and and you know i'm very quick you know to to get agitated but um <laughs> but you can be agitated and not be an agitator you can be agitated and not be an agitator. If you'll put yourself in time out, God will help you with that agitation and help you understand maybe what you don't see because you're listening with your natural ears. You're seeing with your natural eyes. Have any of you ever disciplined your child? In I, I did this because uh, my boys used to fight all the time, John and Matt, and uh, I, I would only go after the one I saw in action at the moment. But come to find out after I get all done, it was the other one. Usually it was Matt antagonizing John to the point of hysterical fit throwing. <laughs> I remember one time Matt came flying through the living room. He loved to jump over the couch when John was laying watching baseball or something. John could power lounge at any moment. Matt couldn't sit still. So Matt flew over the couch and went hi-ya-ya over the top of him and landed. Well... He kept doing that, I guess. I didn't see all those times. All I saw was Matt go, John grab Matt's leg and throw him across the room. So, you know, I immediately, I didn't ask God. I didn't ask John. I didn't ask anybody. I went after John because he had hurt Matt's laying over there in a heap. <laughs> of course, he resurrected and did it again within 15 minutes, but... Yeah. I went, I went, because he always resurrected from those kind of issues, but because he's, you know, just the kid he was, but, 
But I went after John, and John's trying to say to me, but you don't, you don't understand. He's done that like 15 times. He's gone over the top of me and screams in my face. And by then, already he'd been after the wrong person. Then Matt's over there laughing because it's, you know, he, didn't, he, he got by with it. Sometimes the devil gets by with things because we don't take to find, time to find out what's really happening in the situation. And that's what Jesus would do. You know, I'm, I'm confident that when people, you know, sometimes he would even say to the people, what is it you want me to do for you? I believe he knew what they needed. He just took time for them to tell him what they needed. And he was, he was going to heal them or deliver them or whatever, but he gave them time. I believe that we need to take a time out sometimes to find out what would Jesus do in this situation. And I have found in my own life, even after the fact, sometimes the Lord will speak to me now. You know, in this situation, um, I just had to have not too long ago, somebody got really angry and said a bunch of things they shouldn't have said. And you can you can talk about why they shouldn't have said all those things. But then the Lord told me, um, I'll give you an opportunity to take care of this. But but then you have to act in love, and they didn't even say they're sorry. How many of you have ever been there? Just You just act like it didn't happen, and you're real loving and kind. And the Lord said to me, that's the woman of Proverbs 31 that has wisdom of God and the law of kindness on her tongue. You know, I've had to learn to do that over the years because, you know, I know sometimes I know conversations of what people have said about me or my husband. I have more trouble if they talk about my husband or my kids. That really gets me riled. Or my grandkids. It's even worse with them now. Um, I think, how could I go to that level? You know, this is really going to push my Christianity. But, uh, you know, we need, we need to uh, listen to God. We need to listen to God and find out what he's saying about every situation because oftentimes it's not, it's, it's not what's happened. It's what we do with what's happened. Being like Jesus, it says the goodness of God leads people to repentance. You know, even Jesus said, once you're born again, I'm not, I'm not going to judge you. I judge the, the, the people that don't know me. It says once you're born again, the judgment's already taken place. You have been set free. You're going to heaven. Now, does that mean you're, you should just sin all over? No, 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 because there'll be consequences for your sin because the devil will get a place. But God knows. God knows everything. And so when we do that act of kindness or whatever it is, we give ourselves a timeout and then act on what we heard. It's amazing what God can do with that. That's good. <laughs> so can I put you in a timeout if you miss it? No, no. I put myself in it. Oh, just yourself. Okay. Yes. Okay. In Ephesians chapter Everybody five, needs a helper like this guy right here. If you if you like w- when you put yourself in the shower. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't put you in timeout. No, you didn't. I could have. Yeah. You're awesome. I did say God fix him before he gets out of the shower. I did say that. <laughs> I think it happened. I think it happened. Fix him. <laughs> I like see, to go yeah. in the shower and worship the Lord. There's a reverb. In, over in the corner that just makes you sound so good when you get up in there and sing in the shower. <laughs> now, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says that we should be imitators of God as dear little children. What do dear little children do? They imitate their parents. They imitate daddy. They imitate mommy. 
they imitate their aunts and their uncles and the people that are close to them that are an influence in their life. So an imitator, if, if you ever study the root word in the Greek, it, it means to mimic. It's like a mime. It's like, okay, how would Jesus act? Well, he would say, oh, I, I love you with the love of the Lord, or I forgive you for whatever you've done. He would be contrary to your flesh and contrary to your quick-thinking carnal mind. Your mind is, it says we have the mind of Christ, but your mind thinks so fast that you come up with right or wrong, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, versus being led by the Holy Spirit. Right or wrong can never be the issue in your life, because if it is, you're going to go the way of the world. People are always going to see things two different ways. But if you only want to see it the way Jesus sees it, then you're going to ask yourself this question. What would Jesus do? How would he respond in this situation? And guess what the Holy Spirit's going to show you? He will always do the same thing for you that God did for his son. He showed him what he did. He gave him his will. And now we will know exactly how to respond based on what would Jesus do. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can get that. I can get that. It's like taking orders. But it's not a situation of, well, they shouldn't have done this or they shouldn't have done that. If you're that type of person, you're going to live the rest of your life frustrated. But I don't believe that Jesus led his life frustrated. I believe he led his life in service to his Father. And you and I have that same ability. And Jesus, when he was in the garden, he prayed on Matthew chapter 26 that three times he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. There must have been a reason that he prayed that three times, but we know it was a very difficult situation for him. And he even prayed at one time that if this, if this cup could be taken, then take it, but nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. nevertheless. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God for nevertheless. Thank God for nevertheless. But nevertheless, thy will be done, not my will. Matter of fact, let's all say this, Lord. Lord. Not my will. Not my will. But your will be done. But your will be done. We have the ability to have our will to be done, and it's gotten us all in a lot of trouble. Or we have the ability to stop and ask God, God, what is your will in this situation? And, 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 and I know that, that this bracelet just seemed, you bought it for me. I asked you for it. But she looked at it the other day, and, and it had, you have to really look close because it's so small. And I had engraved on there, WWJD, all the way around the bla bracelet. She said, I can barely see that. Can anybody else see it? I said, the only person that's important to see is me. If I can see it and I know what's there, what would Jesus do? And there have been a lot of times when I haven't done that, and I've gotten in trouble. I've gotten myself in trouble. But there have been a whole lot of other times, too, that I've said, God, what would you do? What would Jesus do in this situation? I can tell you time and time again when God has shown me what to do. I wasn't smart enough to figure it out, and I didn't even particularly want to do what he said but I know by the power of the Holy Spirit what he said. How many of you know you have that same ability? Mm -hmm. God will speak to you, but it takes time. It takes a disengagement of the emotional charging of the moment to determine, do I really want to do what Jesus wants me to do? I think that uh, and just this just pops in my mind on Mother's Day. Was that just this last Sunday, right? <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Um, on Mother's Day, I, w I went over to my sister's. And my youngest sister, who's much younger than me, was there. And I was on my way over. I went past a building where I have a cousin who was like a mom. She and my parents, and the two of that couple and my parents, for 50 years spent every Saturday night together. Every Saturday night. They went on vacations together. Uh, they used to own Five Point 
bargains down on Union Street, my folks owned Five Point Shoes. And so they were raised like sisters, my mother and this lady, Jean. And uh, as I was going across Creasy, everybody say, what would Jesus do? I just had this thought, go and see her today. I just went right on to my sisters. I thought I'll do it on my way home. Went on to my sisters, talked to my younger sister. We were helping clean out some stuff and got in the car, and it was late. I stayed a little longer than I planned. I was coming across Creasy, and I came, and I was on the phone talking to my daughter, and uh, I started to go by there. Everybody say, what would Jesus do? Now, I had forgotten all about it, and I heard, go and see her. And I drove right by, but I couldn't. And I turned into St. E and drove through the parking lot, came back, went through the stoplight, and went in and saw her. Now, she has Alzheimer's. She, she won't remember I was there. It won't even register with her that I was there. In fact, probably if somebody goes tomorrow and says, have you seen Pam? She'll say, I haven't seen her in forever. Is she okay? Because she doesn't remember. She asked me like we were clear back when they had five-point bargains. And we talked about like it was then. I don't say to her, oh, no, that's not. I just say no, and I just go with the flow. I could have never gone there. And in the natural, it doesn't look to me like she even knows what day or what's happening. But I'm telling you, God cared. God cared about her. I, I, that wasn't any thought I had that day till I went down that street. And when I went back by, I was in a hurry to get home, and I wouldn't have had that thought again. If God had him had that thought, everybody say he has thoughts, says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And uh, I was, I just was reminded as you were saying that, I think that we miss opportunities to be like Jesus because they don't really seem to make a difference. I mean, I could have reasoned that away really quickly. If if I go, she won't even remember I was there. Uh, She won't even really be connected to where I could do anything for her. But in the when I got ready to leave, and uh, she was with another man sitting there. He was watching TV with her. And he she he, he didn't know who I was, and she didn't know who I was, and <laughs> nobody knew who I was except me. And uh, but but when I got ready to go, I I got up and I kissed her and I said, uh, "Yeah, she's always been like another mom to me." And she she kissed me two or three times, told me she loved me, and I left. You know, I believe Jesus did that for her. I mean, I was just thinking of that. I think that was Jesus. And I didn't even think about it till right now. But I do think if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and and think, you know, what would Jesus do? How much more would we know? I mean, that was an accident. I'm, that wasn't because I planned it. It wasn't because I did it on purpose. We didn't have anything to do with me. But it happened. I would like it if I had Alzheimer's, if somebody came to see me. Who knows what really goes on in your mind? Jesus knows because he loves her until she gets to heaven. He knows about her. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, everywhere that Jesus went, he was a potential blessing for the people. And everywhere that he went, they had an opportunity to be blessed by him or to turn against him. Everywhere that you go, you are a blessing in progress to bless people everywhere you go. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe it's a McDonald's drive through window. Wherever you are, Jesus has come on that scene to influence the people that you are going to come in contact with. 
And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will show you what to do. He'll show you what to say because you will have seen it in the realm of the Spirit, and you'll be able to bless those people everywhere that you go. So turn to your neighbor and say, every day I'm going to be a blessing. Every day I'm going to be a blessing. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking yeah. about what God yeah. wants you to do. Now, you've got to be aware of the following things. And this is what, as I was praying, God showed me that things that, that in the real world where we live, number one, judgment of others. Let me see the hands of the people that you know some people are very judgmental. Glory to God. We are not to judge. Let's all say, I am not to judge. I'm not to judge. Number two, feeling offended. Turn to your neighbor and say, now he's meddling. <laughs> if you are a person who entertains offense, you will never imitate Christ because you will be offended many times in this world. And what you said earlier, and that's number three, taking an offense for another person. Talk, I forget what proverb it is right now. Do not take an offense for anybody. Yourself or another person, even if, hard to do, if it's a grandchild or a great-grandchild. We, let's all say it. The righteous, the righteous not offended. We just love people. If, love you, if, if, if you just purpose to love those people that spitefully use you and offend you, you will walk in a new dimension. People will think you're weird. People will think you are peculiar, which you are called to be a peculiar race and a peculiar people. But you will walk in a different avenue of life. Yeah. You will not be upset over anything other than what is God showing us. What's the next one? A concern over right or wrong. Can we see the hands of the people that right or wrong is a big issue with you? Three of you, four of you. It's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Yeah, my husband has, a lot, has had a lot of practice, and the Lord, too, with me in the beginning. What's right or, you know, that's not right. But God doesn't look at it like that way. And the Lord reminded me, well, remember when you were wrong, I wasn't telling you about that. I was telling you what was right. But according to the word of God and giving you help to be able to do it, you know, God doesn't keep track of right and wrong. He doesn't keep track of that. And that, and, and that is really Im important. And then, uh, oh, this is number five. This is a good one for you. This is yours. Oh, emotionally charged situations. Yeah. How many of you realize sometimes there are situations that absolutely are <laughs> so emotionally charged, it just feels like you're ready to go into a rage? Just would like to rip somebody's head off and repent later. I think I said I could rip the side yeah. of this house off right yeah. now and not feel bad about it at all. Yeah. And then I realized that then I'd have to fix this house. <laughs> that, <laughs> when, when Pastor Bill's teeth go like this and he's still talking to you, that you don't want to finish the conversation. Now, the next one. The next one he's emotionally charged. I'm going to share on this one, but it, it's unconditional love. There are a lot of people, my observation, but there are a lot of people that I believe have conditional love. They're, they're going to act like Jesus as long as things are going all right. And when things aren't going all right, they're not going to act like Jesus at all. They're going to let people know what they think about it. And, and, and I was thinking about unconditional love will always win out over conditional love. You all get that? Turn to your neighbor and say, I got that. I got that. And I don't know why, but when I was praying out there uh, behind Walmart, this example came. Pam made me buy this Yorkie Poo dog uh, about two years ago, and I didn't want the dog. She wanted the dog. We went out to look at the brand-new puppies. As soon as I saw the puppy, I thought I should have never come because we're not leaving without one of them. And she picked one out, little, little uh, uh, Dulcie, little Dulcie, sweetness in Spanish. This dog 
has got into my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I just love this dog. And, and, and this is the thought that I think the Lord put in my, in my spirit. But when I was thinking about unconditional love, that dog, now she's a lot better than she used to be. Uh, she goes outside and goes potty. But every once in a while she gets excited and she goes on the carpet. So she goes on that carpet. And, and when she would, I say, Dulcie. And I'll say it real firm like that. Well, she looks at me, drops her head. She goes into her bed and just curls up like she's just so fearful. And I'm looking at her, and now she did wrong, and I'm the one feeling bad. <laughs> so I go around the corner, and I comfort her and tell her it's okay. And she goes, after peeing on the floor, she goes over, looks like she's okay, starts wagging her tail, goes over to the place where we keeps her treats, and starts barking for a treat after she just peed on the carpet. And you give her one. And I look at her and think, oh, this is really something. She's trained me to reward her for going on our carpet. And she gets, and she gets the street. Now, she's really been good, and, and she's yeah, absolutely she perfect. But anymore. I was thinking of that example as, as I was praying over this. She has worked her way into my heart and into my spirit that I really love her. She's just a great comfort. What if people were like that? What if the human race was like that for all of us? What if every day we got up, we just could not wait to bless somebody? When I wake up in the morning, the dog comes, jumps on my chest, jumps on my head, licks me all over. I said, sweetheart, that's the way I'd love to be greeted by you. This, this dog is the pleasure. Jesus is going to come before that happens. But what if every day... I shouldn't have said that. I'll probably, God will tell me to do it. Yeah, well, no. well, anyway, you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I understand. It, unconditional love. Yes. It, it, it'll absolutely set you free. Yes. And that's the way God feels about all of us. God has that unconditional love for every single person. God loves those rebels that are holding those girls over there, those 300 people. God hopes that they'll get all set free. God loves everything that he created because it was good. Mankind was good. Amen. But now we've got to love him, and there is a constant pull of the world. Of the world. Say amen to that. Amen. How many of you feel that pull? Mm-hmm. That world is real. First John chapter, uh, what is it, chapter 2, verse 5? 15 uh, two, 17. 15 and 17. The lust of the flesh. Yeah, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, uh, pride, pride of life, life. Uh, that those people, well, I, I said it a little bit wrong, I know that. It's chapter two, there it is. Uh, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. And that world is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. But the light of Jesus is getting stronger and stronger, too. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. 
Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.